Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Keep 100 Radio. Today, we have another Nothing Off Limits segment with my friend and co-coach, Jessica Herdlicka. Jess is a registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. I'm still not used to the CDC, yes, and my mind goes to CDE. Okay. CDC, yes. <laughs> um, she's also our co-coach inside of Keep You 100. Um, she talks to our clients all on nutrition and dosing strategies and making the foods that you love work for you. So today we're going to be diving into a great conversation around nutrition labels and making them make sense. But before we dive in, Jess, feel free to take the mic and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Jessica. Um, like Lissy said, I've been in the diabetes space now for over a decade. Um, and yeah, I'm the co-coach inside keeping it 100 and I'm so excited to be here today and talk about the ever confusing food labels. <laughs> it's not so weird to think about though. Like I was diagnosed with diabetes and at that same time, or maybe like a little bit before you were already working in the diabetes space. I just think that's so crazy. Yeah. And it's changed so much. I mean, it's always changing. Um, that's why, you know, I was got to be on my toes, but it's it's so interesting with the technology and the foods and even the food labels have changed since I started this job. So yeah, so we're gonna be testing your testing your knowledge and testing your uh <laughs> testing everything. So if you don't know about the segment, this is a this is a segment where we answer all of your questions. Um, so some of these come from Reddit, just common conversations that we're seeing on the platform. And when they come from Reddit, I will link these in the show notes so you can go ahead and read the comments, see other people's um, responses and advice. But we're going to kind of take some questions from there that we thought would be great to bring to the podcast. And we also want this to be a segment where you can answer or you can, sorry, ask your own questions of anything that's popping up for you in your life with diabetes. Send them to us on Instagram. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Um, and let us know just like what are you currently trying to implement? What are some things that you're confused about? And we will make sure to make space for that on this segment. So the first question that I found on Reddit was, um, again, it's all about nutrition labels. So the poster asks, aside from what I feel like is the obvious and choosing zero sugar or sugar-free items, what else am I really looking for when I'm reading nutrition labels? Do I have to choose a sugar-free everything for the rest of my life? When something does have sugar, how many grams is too much? Or if something has sugar, is there another ingredient that would be able to quote-unquote offset the sugar and maybe not completely jack up my numbers. So this is definitely a big question and a loaded question and something that I want to make sure that we dissect on the episode because this is such like a huge mentality and like misconception. I feel like just in diabetes, the diabetes community in general, whether you were first diagnosed or you've been living with it for like 50 years, whatever. Um, and this was something that I like, again, I was diagnosed at age 19 and I was like okay how many carbs is too much how much sugar is too much like what are my guidelines tell me what to eat and I will eat them <laughs> so Jess I want to pass off the first I guess like what let's answer the first question of what else am I really looking for when I'm reading nutrition labels yeah um 
Yeah, a lot to unpack. But I would say, you know, the most important thing that I tell people to start with when you're looking at a food label is really the portion size and then the carbohydrates. When you're looking at a food label, the sugar is already included in that total carbohydrate value. So to be honest, I usually never have my clients look at the sugar content of the food item because those carbohydrates are going to turn into sugar in your body anyway. Um, And it just gets more confusing when you're looking at grams of sugar, when we really just need to be be focusing on grams of carbohydrate. Um, In terms of like amounts, that's going to really depend on everyone. Um, I think like um, you know, general guidelines for sugar are like no more than six teaspoons a day, which would be up to 30 grams of sugar a day. But again, we're really looking at the carbohydrates and how do those carbohydrates affect our blood sugar and what's the serving size, I think is, you know, really important for labels because they're very tricky on certain items, you know, one package, let's go like cereal for example, might be a cup. And then the other one is half a cup and the other one is three fourths cup. And then the other one's a quarter cup. So just starting with how much carbs is in this particular serving is really where you're going to start. Despite if it says sugar-free, no sugar added, low sugar, whatever it's claiming, just start with the carbs um, because that's going to make the biggest impact in your blood sugars. Yeah, there's a lot here. Um, So I guess a follow-up question that I would have had at this point is like, let's kind of quickly talk about marketing. And like when people say sugar-free, low sugar, low carb, like what is really being said there? Like what are some things that we should look out for when we see that kind of marketing? Yeah, um, they really have been using it on everything. Um, If they're saying specifically like, uh, 25% reduced sugar, that's an actual value that they're showing. Okay. They've reduced the sugar content 25% less of the regular product. But when something is claiming that it's sugar-free, sometimes it's the same as the regular product in terms of carbohydrates. And what they've done is instead of using sugar, they've replaced that with sugar alcohols, or they've replaced it with, um, additives such as Splenda, which is called sucralose. So they're still putting something in there that's making the product sweet. And of course, if that product has any kind of fruit, fruit juice or flour in the product, it's still going to raise your blood sugar because that's still a carbohydrate food item. Um, And when they're putting things in these products, such as sugar alcohols, for example, which we can talk more about because they're especially confusing. Um, half of those sugar alcohols still convert into sugar in our bodies. It's a little bit slower digestion. Um, So when they're claiming that something is, you know, when you look at these candy bars that say they're like one gram of carb, that's simply not true um, because those sugar alcohols are still going to convert into sugar in our body. So reading the carbs is kind of like your first line of defense against all that confusing marketing (laughs) to let you know, okay, what is going to be the impact on my blood sugar when I eat this food item? Mm. Yeah. I definitely think that we should do a separate episode all on sugar alcohol. So that's another really confusing thing, especially when, yeah, marketing is really sneaky and we don't know what exactly we can trust and things do impact our blood sugars in one way or another. So just figuring out how to make those educated and informed decisions. Um, So when they're asking, you know, like, 
do I have to choose sugar-free everything for the rest of my life? Like, what does that look like? So the answer is no. And to be honest, some, like I said before, some of these sugar-free things are still going to be raising your blood sugar. So if you like the taste of the sugar-free and you notice less of an impact on your blood sugar, sure, you can choose that item. But if you liked the original, I would say, look at the carbs. Let's try to figure out how to work that, you know, for your blood sugars and and figure out the dosing strategy there. Um, Those sugar alcohol foods also can cause a lot of gas cramping, bloating, and diarrhea. So we do need to be thinking about that. Some people, they don't impact. um, But if you're choosing those foods often and you are noticing like, hey, I'm having a lot of stomach upset, maybe that product isn't ideal for you um, based on how you're feeling. And even things like that say they're sugar-free, another good example of something like maltodextrin, which is in um, sugar-free pudding, that actually can really spike a lot of people's blood sugars um, pretty quickly, actually. So although it's not straight sugar, it's still like um, a filler and an additive that contains carbohydrates. So it's a little muddy. So again, you know, if you find something sugar-free and you enjoy it, great. But I think let's try to figure out how to make the things that you like really work for your blood sugar first. And then if you like a light product or reduced sugar, we can add those in. Yeah. It's such an, like, um, like you said, a muddy topic because to your point, like I've noticed definitely, I don't know if you've been to Target and you've seen those, um, what are they? They're almost like a Swedish fish alternative and they have like the peach ring alternatives, I think too, um, or gummy bears. And they're really low carb and I've tried them and they actually are really easy on my blood sugars. I've noticed like they're, they're awesome, but yeah, they definitely kill my stomach. And I was like, why is this happening? And that made perfect sense. So I'm really glad that you brought that piece up. Yeah. They add like added fibers too. in a lot of these products so that, um, you know, the fiber amount is kind of offsetting the carbs, which is, you know, another thing in and of itself. But, you know, I always warn people too, like some of those products may not bother you, but just be careful how they affect your friends or your family or other people, especially like around the holidays. The biggest joke in our office is like sugar-free apple pie, which first of all, is completely not sugar-free because it has apples in the crust, but you just don't want to make other people sick. Um, especially people that have sensitive digestive issues. <laughs> Hello, living with Crohn's. That's not yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I like think that's so important. So going back to really quick, because you kind of mentioned the fiber piece and a piece of this question was like, what else am I looking for on the nutrition label? So we talked about carbs. We talked about like the sugar alcohols or the sugar content being incorporated in the carbs. But can we talk about the fiber piece really quick and how that might be influencing the way that you look at your nutrition label. Yeah. So the fiber content, which is usually right below the total carbs is included in that total carbohydrate value. Now fiber in and of itself is not fully digested by our bodies. I always kind of tell people (laughs) not to be gross, but it's what pushes things like in and out, right? Like it helps our body to bind things, to move things through our body so we can have a healthy digestive system. Um, 
a lot of companies had been adding fiber to their foods, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, some foods are naturally high in fiber. So if you're looking at like a cracker or a bread that's made with chia seeds or flax seeds or a, a whole grain flour or chickpea or lentil, it's going to have that natural fiber in there. Um, but companies also add things like inulin and things like that for extra fiber. Um, so when you're looking at the fiber and the total carbohydrates, um, it really depends on how your body digests certain foods is what I would say first, because we've had so many different people in our program that, um, you know, so we'll subtract the fiber from the total carbs, um, that won't subtract the fiber. So you really have to see how those foods work for you and how you digest them. But, um, I usually say if that food is high in fiber, about five grams of fiber five grams or higher in fiber per serving, you can subtract that from the total carbohydrate value. Um, some people find that subtracting half works better for their blood sugar. Some people will subtract the whole thing. And it really depends just what are you noticing with your digestion from that meal? What are you seeing with your blood sugar rises after that meal? How is that food affecting you? I feel like that's something that I didn't figure out for a long time. And there was a lot of meals that I would always go low after. I'm like, why am I going low? And then it was always the fiber content. I'm like, this made a lot of sense. So, but then to your point, we have we have clients that are like, I don't subtract any of the fiber content because it doesn't impact me. I'll still go high after. Right. Um, so yeah, fiber is definitely one of those individual things. And again, it could be the amount of fiber. Um, some people subtract the insoluble versus the soluble fiber. Um, but do pay attention, like I said, for those foods, especially like brown rices and quinoa and beans. Like you said, Lissy, sometimes if you take too much insulin up front, you're actually going low because that fiber is really slowing down digestion of that meal and you may not need it all up front or you may need less depending on your body. Can you speak to really quick the insoluble versus soluble fiber? Yeah. So the, the insoluble fiber is, um, oh, sorry. The soluble fiber is the fiber that kind of like binds everything and like pushes it through. So I think of things like beans and oats and whole grains. Insoluble fiber can be more like fruits and veggies and nuts and seeds and things like that. And our bodies, you know, digest foods differently. So that that kind of fiber is the fiber that kind of like pushes everything through. So you may notice differences with some of those types of fiber just because the insoluble, insoluble fiber is going to leave quicker where the soluble is kind of binding everything for later. Is that actually on labels? Like, will it tell you like how much soluble versus insoluble or does it just say fiber? Some do, some don't. So that's, you know, it's different. And again, like it's like some labels will show you insoluble versus soluble. Some things will now have total sugars versus added sugars. And then some labels will tell you how much to eat per serving or how much to eat for the whole package next to it. So every company is kind of doing it differently, which is frustrating as well. <laughs> If it tells you, would that change the way that you treat those fibers or is it more of like, would that make a, an, an impact on the decision making there? Potentially, or you could just subtract like half of the fiber to start out with and see if that makes a, a bigger difference in your blood sugars if you're eating a higher fiber meal. Okay. And I'm going to take it one step further and go back to what you said about the, like, total, you say total sugars and added sugars. Mm hmm. But What's the deal there? <laughs> yeah. So just to make it more confusing, of course. So the the added sugars are the the sugars that the company has specifically added to that food item. Total sugars is the sugars that were already in that food. 
And then, you know, the, the carbohydrates can also encompass those as well as the natural carbohydrates found in that food. So like, I think of natural carbs would be like whole wheat flour, total sugars might be sugar. And then added sugars might be if they added extra things like honey and things like that. But the added sugars are already included in the total sugar. So to be honest, I tell people it's not really that important if it's, you know, added sugars or total sugars, it's already included in the carbs. You can take it one step further and look at the ingredient list. You know, those first three ingredients on the food label are what are predominantly in that food item. So for example, if you were looking at something that the first ingredient was honey or the first ingredient was brown rice syrup, um, then you're thinking, hmm, that food is probably going to digest quicker in my body because that's a simple sugar straight up front in the food item versus if the first ingredient on the list was 100% whole rye flour or something like that. My, you know, or 100%, you know, chickpeas or something like that. May you may have a slower digestion for that food because the first couple ingredients isn't a simple sugar like honey, brown rice syrup, maple syrup or brown sugar, coconut sugar, white sugar, any of those. <laughs> right. So not just looking at the number, but more so of like what is the kind of like percentage or not percentage, but what is the kind of like total makeup or of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was looking at, they had in the store, these like healthy little like protein balls or whatever. And so I was like, oh, great. I I make them from scratch all the time, but if I can buy them because I need something quick, great. But when I looked at them, the first ingredient was brown rice syrup. So I'm like, okay, if that's the first ingredient in this, you know, healthy (laughs) food item, it's probably, you know, going to spike my blood sugar pretty quick where I'd rather the first ingredient be oats or protein powder or nuts or something that I know is going to be digested a little bit slower and make me more full. Right. It's actually funny that you say that because I've been trying to challenge myself to like, of course, you still buy, you know, store buy things, but been trying to challenge myself to make from scratch a lot more things. So like even things like pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving or like our sauces that we make on our, just like with our dinner, like teriyaki sauce and things like that. I've noticed when I look up recipes, how much, how many of the recipes like call for added sugar or like brown sugar or honey and like how often I actually skip that part. Cause one, I'm, I'm like realizing, okay, one that's going to spike my blood sugar more quickly, which isn't a bad thing. I would just need to strategize a little bit differently. But also, like, I actually enjoy it a lot more without all the added sugar. Like, I don't know if it's a diabetes thing or just taste buds thing, but now I'm like, I don't need it to be that sweet. I need it to just, like, it tastes perfectly fine without all that added sugar. Yeah. I mean, especially when you look at, like, when you're saying the pumpkin pie, like, I look at some of my mom's recipes or, like, my grandma's recipes, and I'm like, wow, two cups of sugar. Like you're right. Like we didn't really need that much. And sometimes, like you said, you taste the actual natural flavor of the food a little bit better and you can create your own balance of flavors when you're making your own sauces and desserts. And that's super fun. Yeah, exactly. I I love it. So, okay. So we talked a lot about the breakdown of the label and like kind of like what things are we looking for? The next question is kind of a little bit closer to the fiber conversation, but I still thought it was really interesting, especially because it comes from the perspective of a supporter. 
So the question comes from Reddit and the original poster says, I'm trying to meal plan for my wife and I'm seeing a lot of low carb products like flatbreads and whatnot that advertise four grams of total carbs, but only after you subtract the fiber numbers. I can't explain it any other way than to ask, is this cheating? Are the products not are the products really not going to process the 17 grams of carbs because they're attached to the grams of fiber? Yeah. So again, that, yeah, the marketing on there, <laughs> um, like the net carbs and all those things, definitely confusing. Great question. I, I would calculate that myself. So I would really, again, look at the carbs and look at the fiber. And then again, if it's five or greater, subtract the whole amount or subtract half. It, it really depends on how that impacts your blood sugar. But you know, some of these things, again, that say that they're zero carb when they, they still have like 10 carbs or they're, you know, five net carbs when you see 25, I wouldn't believe that. I would try to calculate it yourself and then, you know, watch your blood sugars after those foods and see how they impact your blood sugar. Yeah. We have been getting the, I don't even know what the they're called. It's like some kind of like carb smart tortilla. And we use them a lot for like tacos because I, I genuinely enjoy them. They taste good. But they're another one of those that say four, it's actually four grams of carbs. But when I look at the list, like I'm kind of looking at the ingredient list, but then also the like fiber. I mean, where are they getting that fiber? Like where is that number even coming from? Because I notice if I only bowls for the, the four grams, I'm going high still. So I need, yeah. I've like had to strategize a little bit of like, okay, how does this actually affect me and my blood sugars? Yeah. So the fiber could be a lot of them use like wheat gluten, which is like a higher fiber, like protein. Um, some of them again, will use, um, inulin. Some of them will use flax or chia, but usually it's from like the type of grain that they're that they're using that they're claiming is really high in fiber or oat bran or things like that, which, you know, do have a lot of fiber, but again, it, it's probably not as low as the four or the, the one carb tortillas that are out there. So you may need less, you know, to focus on less carbs because of that fiber. Or like I said, you may not need all of it up front, but you still would need to, to take probably more than what they're, they're recommending on those labels. Right. So being being smart about the carb smart tortillas. Yeah. And protein bars, you know, that's another one where they they definitely add sugar alcohols, they add a lot of added fibers, you know. So and we've had, you know, like you said before, like clients like, oh, this bar doesn't raise my blood sugar. And then someone turns around and says, Oh, that one did raise my blood sugar. So again, just figuring out how that that impacts your body is important. Right. And that's why another like I just really get hesitant about some of these like websites and forums that are asking just questions of like, how do I bowls for this? And to your point, it's like everyone's so individual and so unique. Even if I said, hey, I only take the four grams for this tortilla, it's going to be so different for you. So it's like try to take everybody's influence with a grain of salt. And like, if you want the whole carbs tortilla, figure out how to make it work for you. If you want the low carb tortilla, figure out how to make it work for you. I know it's really easy to get sucked into the like meal planning side of like diabetes. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it's tough because <laughs> diabetes is tough. There is no like, Hey, you're going to eat this. So take this and then it's going to work out perfectly. You know, unfortunately that doesn't exist. So like you said, if you like it, the, the thing that we encourage all of our clients is you got to try it. You got to start somewhere. If it didn't work, 
we can try to figure out what didn't work about it. But to just avoid something that you like sucks <laughs> or, you know, to be too afraid to try the real thing or again, just questioning yourself all the time. You know, it's frustrating because with diabetes, you're asking yourself so many questions around that meal anyway. So just starting with somewhere, trying a bolus and then seeing how that works. And then, you know, you can implement those strategies as you go on to, to see what's the most effective um, bolus for you around that food. Yeah. And trying it more than once because chances are you probably won't get it right the first time. But the more times you try it, the more information you have and you can use strategically for the next time. So I love this conversation. If you have anything that you are currently working on and dissecting about nutrition labels or nutrition in general, other conversations around diabetes, we're going to be talking all about exercise and hormones and relationships and sex and like all the things. So if you have any questions or stories that you want to share around these, go ahead and message us on Instagram at KI100official underscore on Instagram. And we will make sure to answer those on the podcast. But Jess, thank you so much for taking the time to talk all things nutrition labels with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me.